You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazers Podcast, and I'm your host, Greggy Hill, the culture change agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generational leaders. And today, I, I'm excited. I'm overly like, woo! Like you, if you're looking at me right, if you had a camera looking at my face right now, you would see the excitement I have my face on the person I'm interviewing. It's kind of like a brother to me, um, graduate of North Carolina A&T, JMC, public relations major, youth advocate, developer, CEO of HBCU Pride Nation. If you attended the HBCU or whatnot, you have to know this guy. This is this is the next guy in the next wave of of leaders. Um, youth advocate, developer, community activist, you name it, working with kids, working with HBCUs, working with people, this guy is your man. Um, and a little bit of background on HBCU Pride Nation. It's a marketing agency that promotes the significance and importance of historically black colleges and universities to increase the national positive awareness of enrollment of those institutions. So um, without further ado, I would like to welcome Travis Jackson to the show. What's going on, brother? What's going on, people? How y'all doing today? And thank you for letting me be on your show, Greg. No problem. No problem. So before we dig into your story, because we want to know about you um, before we even talk about HBCU Pride Nation, I want to know about you. I want to kind of let the the, 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 the the people that are on the show and are, are, are tuning in, let them know the phase of the show. So the first phase, right? We talk yeah. about we talk about Travis and we're going to talk about how he got there, his journey and who he is as a person. The second phase, we talk about the business. So we talk about how they got there, how they start HBCU Pride Nation and all that. And in the third round, we talk about the future because the future um, is, is really big to me. And we're going to kind of paint the picture on where HBCU Pride Nation is going. And the last round, of course, is the rapid fire round. So let's kick it right off, man. Travis, tell the world, tell the people a little bit about you and your business. Uh, my name is Travis Jackson. I am a proud graduate of North Carolina A&T State University, class of 2011. I currently reside in Charlotte. Um, me as a person, I care about the development of people, um, the positivity that's out there in the country. I really believe that the youth are greater than what is depicted on media. On media, and I, I fight every day to let them know that. Uh, Travis, I was originally born in Durham, North Carolina. A lot of people do not know that. Shout out I, to the whoa, whoa, city. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Paul, stop it. Stop. You are not from the city, dog. I am from the city, bro. I'm from <laughs> uh, Maureen Road, uh, Glasson Street, and I um, used to live in Damar Court. Wow, wow, wow. So <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people don't know that, man. Um, I, I was raised by a single mother. I love my mother to death. That's my best friend. And one of the things that people really don't know about me and why I do what I do, I lost I lost my brother at the age of 17. Um, mm. He was he was killed in a drive by. And since that day, man, I just felt that I needed to be a voice, an advocate and a leader within the black community. And that's how I got to where I'm at today. Wow. Yeah, man. That's, powerful, that's Travis man. Jackson. And I'm and I love having fun. If you in A and T with me, <laughs> you probably you probably already you met my voice before you met me the person. So I enjoy having a great time, man. 
That's great, man. That's great. So I want to dig a little deeper into your your personal story and some of the things and trials and tribulations and successes that led you to HBCU Pride Nation. But before we do that, we go get this thing off with a quote. And for all you that are familiar with the show, you know I'm a huge, huge quote guy. So Travis, let the world know about a quote that you love and live by and give us a story how you apply it to your life. Okay, so I'm real big on quotes just as you are Greg. And it's a, it's a quote that I created myself. Ooh. And it's, it's a quote that says it is not our job to understand the strategy to our success, but it's our job to believe in the strategies of our success, which is God. Meaning that you are not always going to know how you're going to get from plan A from point A to point Z. But if you believe in the man upstairs and believe that God has a plan for your life, you will always get to the destination in which he has planned, set for you. Um, you made that all by yourself my, now? Yeah, I, I, I make up a lot of quotes, man. And when I, when I came up with that, it was just like giving myself guidance and direction because I do a lot of things. Some things that I do, I never know how it's going to end. But I believe that God has given me these responsibilities and the opportunity to lead and to be a social change agent for um, my country. So I have to always keep him first in everything that I do. Um, my my example would be when I when when I was at a- North Carolina A&T, the number one HBCU in the country. First of all, Eggbrot. <laughs> yeah, you're bright. And I didn't I I didn't run for student body president, which still sticks with me today. But with me not running for student body president, after a lot of years of service and everything like that, I ultimately became the CEO and founder of my own entity, which represents all 103 HBCUs. So my strategy was to go become the student body president of the number one HBCU in the country. God's strategy for my life was to lead this entity that brings about social change for historically black colleges and universities. Mm. That's powerful. So it's essentially something that you hold. Because, I mean, I know a little background, Travis. I mean, he was VBEA the freshman year. Anybody that went to A&T, they knew who Travis Jackson was. He was everywhere doing everything. He was the guy just doing a lot of stuff. And to see you not run, because in my head, I was like, what the freak is going on? Like, why is he not running? Even though my line brother ran, but I was like, why is he not running? And to see you, you, you take that. And not only I say, okay, it is what it is, but to start your company. So use that negative to draw on and lead you on your 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 path. What God put you on this earth to do is so, so powerful, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, because because what 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 happened was I was in I was in the middle of a mental conflict mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out what should I do? Because that was when Mr. A&T came available. So I'm like, yo, I could be Mr. A&T. I could be the SDA president. I could be one of these two. But then what happened was I sat in Murphy Hall for about two hours, bro. And I really sat and thought about everything. And I got I got disqualified from the election. But with that, with that, with that disqualification be- became a qualification from the man upstairs for me to do what I ultimately do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man. That's deep, man. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. That's great. So let's let's get let's get it. Let's get into the nitty gritty, man. So before 
we kind of talk about, like I said, before we talk about HBCU Pride Nation, I want to start off with a failure. And I don't do this with all, all my guests, but um, I want to start off with one of your biggest failures. And I want you to walk us through that story and then let the world know what you gain from it. Because the reason I'm doing this, Everybody in America, is a lot of times people see us at our, our successes, our, our, our biggest moments. Like you see Travis in Action Now, HBCU Pride Nation. All across social media, thousands and thousands of followers. Um, he's involved with a lot of movements. He's saying, wow, man, like, how'd he start? This guy's on fire right now. But I want to kind of get to the ground floor. So if I'm a, a middle school or a high school or I'm the young adult that they didn't get that job, they went right out of college, that I can relate. So bring us to the ground floor of a failure and, and, and walk us through it and then tell us what you learned from it. Okay, with the failure. I have to come right back to the situation we were just talking about. Um, I when 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 that situation happened at at Ant, mm-hmm. because it because of it's still it's still it's, it's a scar that I have. It's a scar that I have. So I would say that's like my greatest failure because at that time I was going through a lot. I um, had a lot of people in my ears. They were trying to give me direction, and I didn't believe in myself. I didn't. I didn't believe in my own strength and talent to be the ultimate leader that I needed to be for my university. Um, so, what I gained from it was, you should never regret anything that you do. Um, you should always, even even if you have uh, some doubt. In, in your system about yourself, you should still go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 look at it, look at it like this. So, you have the tortoise in the hair, right? Uh huh. The, the, the hair was real cocky, real arrogant, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got burned out before the end of the race. So, he had to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, then you had the tortoise. That was the the little man, the underdog, the person that people didn't really think was going to win. So I want people to think of themselves as the tortoise in that story. Because what the tortoise did, the tortoise, he took his time. He he did everything at his own pace. And he believed in, his, in himself. And he ultimately came out the winner. So with, with, with like people in high school, the students that are in high school, whenever whenever you have some, like peer pressure or people that are picking on you or they have the freshest Jordans or the freshest clothes, don't worry about that because you are still running your race. When it comes to people that are in college, um, if, you, if you are having a hard time in school and you see other individuals that might be doing greater than you, that can speak better than you, that present themselves better than you. Understand that your time is coming. And for, for young adults who have graduated from college and are in the job field, if you don't get that promotion at the time that you want to get that promotion, understand that your time is coming. So always live, live as a tortoise because your time is coming and you're ultimately going to finish your race. Hmm. That's powerful, especially... Um, with the proliferation of social media nowadays where you yeah. can see, like, say if I don't get a job, right? I just graduated from school. I haven't got my job yet. Or I got a regular job paying like 40 50 And then you see somebody else, right? 
and uh-huh. they, they they just got the new car. They just got that. They got the Jordans. They traveling. And you're like, man, in the same class as me. Like, what in the world, man? Like, what am I doing in my life? You you reevaluating yourself off what somebody else is doing while their path. Exactly. And it's kind of like, let, let's take the focus on them. Let's look, in, let's look in your mirror and your path and where you're going in life. Like, let's not right. let's not focus on anything else because at the end of the day, we all running different races. Exactly. <laughs> and you can't you can't compare you can't compare yourself to other people because once you start doing that, you you take a lot of time away from who you are. And if you don't understand who you are, how can anybody else understand who you are mm. and help you be the best you that you are to be? And that was that's that's the ultimately that's the ultimate thing that I learned from that failure, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So let's let's take it on the flip side. Okay. Success thus far. What has been your 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 biggest success? Because I know failure you drew from that, but what has been your biggest success thus far? The thing that you think about and this makes you smile like this is this is it. Like I mean, your I made it moment. What is so far? Because I know you got a lot of pinnacles you plan to reach, but what has been yeah. your biggest piece of success so far? I like how you hit that drink, bro. <laughs> I had to. We talked about this like a like a couple years ago. Remember? I mean, I remember it like yeah, yesterday. We, we, we was in we was in Merrick Hall in, in Merrick Auditorium. You was yep. like, hey man, I haven't hit my pinnacles yet. Um, I remember that. Uh, greatest success, Greg. When you put in so much work, man, and you do it because your why is greater than you getting a, an amount of money, and you go to a conference, right? I went to a conference at Savannah State University this re- very recent, actually, before the summer, and it's called NASEP. NASEP is the National Association of Student Affairs Professionals, where you bring most of the student governments from all HBCUs. Mind you, it's 103 HBCUs in the country. Mm. Uh, and you may have get like 46 or 50. So multiply 50 schools times about 10 representatives Whoa. or four representatives. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So so what I did is uh, one of the best stories ever. Um I didn't have transportation, right? Mm-hmm. So my brother Jeremiah Trap Jeremiah Chapman, who was an Omega from John C. Smith University, he allowed me to use his car to travel all the way to Savannah, Georgia to be a part of this conference. Wow. As soon as I went into the door, Greg, I lied to you not. People ran to me and said, Oh my God, here is HBCU Pride Nation. People want to take pictures with me. People that I've never met in my life knew exactly who I was and what my mission was and what I do. And it's all from social media. And and just being to be able to be a 25-year-old black man that's not in jail, that's trying to excel and do well for, for his family as well as for the youth, for me to go to a conference that represents all most of our HBCUs along with student leaders that that are like the antithesis of negativity against our community. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest successes that I've ever had. Have you have you ever have you ever been in in a situation where it felt like a dream come true and you really didn't understand like, oh my God, how did I get here? Have you have you ever been 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 through that before? Shoot. I'm I'm at it right now, man. Like <laughs> to this 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 day right now, man. Like it's crazy, and not to take away from you, because that's that's amazing right there. Like for all you people that are listening, 
go back and reread that because you you because we're going to talk about some stuff, some real deep stuff now, and to kind of think paint that picture that moment. But I want to go back to the reason why right now me talking to you right now is so surreal is because I don't know if you remember three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. We were in the library, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why you were in the library. I think you already graduated, and you saw me and. I was talking and you can kind of you can kind of sense when somebody's going through something or like that. You can kind of sense that. And I remember it was like I was I was I was masking it pretty well, but I was on one of my lowest points in, in, in my life. And I like because I was my sixth year of college. No, I think it was my fifth or sixth one of those years. And I saw you I was like, oh, snap, it's Travis. And I was talking to you and my whole everything was just in shambles. And and it took me and it's, this show ain't about me, so I'm not going to go into that. But it took me so much to get just 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 the 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 be around people again to 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 have a phone to eat food like it took me so much to do that and to be at the place where I am today where um I'm I'm getting a chance to interview you I'm getting a chance to interview so many people entrepreneurs that are minorities under 30 that are changing the game like just killing stuff and get this information out to other people so they can be inspired and motivated to start their dreams like I'm yeah. living it right now and it's just it's surreal because I don't deserve this. <laughs> right. I don't. And that's what a lot of us that's what a lot of us who are successful, um, that's how we feel, man. Like we feel that we feel that we are normal people. We we feel that we do normal things, which is our normal routine. But when you are on the outside looking in at us in terms of the public eye, the things that we do are extravagant and significant and very important. Because other individuals want to do what we do, but some of them may be scared. They may not feel like they have enough support and they may not have the willpower to do it. So, man, bro, like (laughs) just like you, you with what you're doing now, because your name is a brand. If if anybody sees your name, they know it's going to bring excellence. Anybody sees my name, they know it's going to bring excellence. And we are so blessed, Greg, that man. Boy, <laughs> keep going, dog. <laughs> no, nah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So let's 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 go down the second round because we talked about a little bit about ourselves and especially your journey, your path. Um, but let's talk about HBCU Pride Nation. And you already kind of kind of talked about how you started, but where this whole concept of uniting HBCUs and and really bringing it to fruition, where did that come from, and how did you do it? Okay, so how did I do it? I was in my bed one day. I was very bored in my mama career, and I knew that I had a lot of connections to, with people in uh, at different HBCUs because of my service at A&T as a student leader. But what I started doing, I started realizing that a lot of people didn't understand the history and significance of black colleges. And when I used to go to like different schools, they were like, oh, you're an Aggie. You know, the whole A&T Winston thing, A&T Central thing. Um... And it's it's kind of felt like a lot of schools wanted to be better than the other, than the other, and not really understanding that back in the day, a lot of the the African American pioneers that paved the way for us, such as like Langston Hughes, Thurgood Marshall, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Rosa Parks, Mary McLeod Bethune, Samuel Jackson, Spike Lee, all of them went to historically black colleges and universities. So I took it upon myself to start researching history. And I created, at first, HBCU Pride Nation was just simply HBCU Pride. 
with a capital P and a capital R because mm-hmm. it was going to be a, a PR firm for HBCUs. Um, but now it's turned to something just bigger than that. And I started sending out messages about uh, this school was established in 1891. Mm-hmm. Enough planning to see. Uh, Dr. Bill Marshall went to Lincoln University of Pennsylvania. Uh, Samuel Jackson went to Morehouse College. Um, and everything that was going on, and people started just retweeting away. Mm-hmm. It, and then, then it was one time where I said, "Shout out to the beautiful ladies of Spelman College." I lie to you, not great. About three hundred women from Spelman College followed me within a span of three to four hours. <laughs> what? I'm gonna do that right now. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, bro. And. And that's not me exaggerating. Because I kept looking at it. I was like, whoa, all right. And that's how everything started. So my my entire entity has was created off of social media. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I started it. And that's the foundation of HBC Pride Nation. Um so then I just started calling people and telling them about what I wanted to do. And they start following following in line because they said what I was doing was well needed um, for HBCU. So that's that's how I started it. And yeah, man, that's how we're here today. That's real. That's real. So for all, because uh, I feel like you're like a social media guru slash genius and i want to kind of get in depth let's get technical with the social media thing because a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs out there have businesses or are thinking about stuff or even just trying to polish their own personal brand and they're not really getting social media so if you can kind of give give a word of advice some tips out there what would you give them um so for social media right social media is your voice without being heard vocally if that if that makes sense, um, like last year on social media, we made approximately around thirty thousand to forty thousand on T-shirts without a website, um, and that's just social media. A lot of people have. Hold up, say that, that, say that again, because you need to hear that. That's just crazy right there. Because I used to always <laughs> ask, I used to ask people like I was ask Jasmine because Jasmine's a good friend of mine, a mutual friend for me and um uh Travis. I was like, yo. Travis don't even got no website. How is he selling all these damn t-shirts? Right, man. Um, like like I said, we made around like $30,000, dollars in t-shirts, man. Um, just off social media. What you have to do in terms of social media, you have to have the correct messaging. Uh everybody doesn't attract to everything the same way. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand your audience. My audience is the demographic of 18 to probably 25-year-olds. That's the primary target. So I talk about, hey, um, a block party is going on. Hey, let's go to the cab. Uh, what what did this student achieve today? Let's I put out um, shirts in your school colors. And being that you love this, this shirt and you love what I'm, what I'm bringing out and what the, the message behind my brand, you attract to it. Then... When it comes to like 18 to 21 year olds, you talk about, oh, you could go to this college, you could go to this, you could do that, you could do that. Talk about your potential. Oh, they gravitate to, towards that. So it's, it's, it's all in your messaging. And you have to be able to use the proper platforms 
to get your message across. Like the Facebook. A lot of us who were freshmen back in 2007, we don't use Facebook right now mm-hmm. because Insta- because Instagram is so popping um, and Twitter is popping as well. So our, our attention went away from Facebook. And now when you look at Facebook, it's mostly the older generation. So if you want to reach the older generation, go to Facebook or LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. then LinkedIn is for the professionals. Uh, Pinterest is just like, hey, I like this, I like that. Um, and basically what I'm trying to say, you have to understand the mediums to use to put your mes- make your message across. And the problem with some social media channels is that they don't put out content that attracts their consumer or that attracts their 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 uh target audience. Mm-hmm. So it takes away from the attention. Mm-hmm. So I, I would I would say you you could use social media to make money. You could use social media to make a difference, especially with like this whole Ferguson thing that's going on, all all the hashtags. Get creative with social media. Social media is there and social media is what you make it. Because yeah. if 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 you were like if you realize Gary like with 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 you, all the running that you do, when you put it on social media, people were like, "Oh my God, how does he run a, a whole marathon within such and such time?" And then you have like Mac Mac uh, Mac Green that's doing stuff in D.C. Yeah, and y'all are not close to each other in terms of proximity and location, but because you put it on social media, it it inspires other people to want to get fit. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So social media is very, 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 very powerful. Yeah. And I'm going to bring two big points out of that. But two, to talk on that, I realized, too, I don't post my uh, my quote unquote selfies and I, with my mile tags under. I don't post it to my Instagram. I post it to Facebook and I put that I do that strategically because I don't want to cloud my Instagram with uh with with selfies that's not good for my brand just to have a lot of selfies in that and plus is i really can't i did a couple times that i had a story to it but if i'm doing it every day i just do it to my facebook and what people don't know facebook operates off algorithms and Mm -hmm. that means that when you post something on facebook nine times out of ten every no nobody everybody's not going to see that all your friends are not going to see that but if somebody that likes it one time or a couple times facebook reads those algorithms um to, to, to your content and I mean I actually, I can do a lot of whole course in that because there's things as, as far as um, promoted posts as far as uh, Facebook ads and marketing which yeah. I'm getting into it a whole different way because I've really been able to utilize that to, to push forward a lot of my content but I want to take away two points from, from what you talked about social media and the first is um, making it about not about you mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people's businesses and even people with their own personal brands all their posts are about you. And when you have that, it's easy for people to hate on it. It's easy for people to just like, oh, I don't want to interact with that. But if it's about somebody else, even if it's a picture of you, if it's about telling a story that, that they can inspire or empower or just be interested about somebody else, then more people will engage and interact. Like exactly. you, you got 300 followers off saying shout out to this Spellman and you had a, a picture or something like that because it was something about else. You didn't say, hey, hey, guys, hey, Spellman University, come like this or whatever or blah, blah, blah. no, you specifically made it about somebody else. And I think that's what a lot of people miss, not even on social media, but in life, because if you right. automatically say, hey, Travis, how can I help you? 
Or how can I do this? You're more apt as a businessman to say, oh, okay, so what, what can we do? But if I just say, Travis, I need your help on this, blah, 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 what are you going to do, Travis? If nobody, if somebody just came out and, and just immediately they just ask you for something. I'm I'm going to be like, uh, okay, and ignore it. <laughs> um, I'm not really going to attract to it. And then another thing is that's why HBC Pride Nation is so successful because I don't make it about me. Mm-hmm. I make it I make it about the schools. I make it about the students and I make it about my audience. And um dang, it was one one thing that I was about to say, uh, I forgot. But but yeah, man, you 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 have to cater it's catering to your audience, mm-hmm. giving them what they want and you're, you you will reap the benefits of it. Honestly, and and, so. and and another thing too, I want to hit on too for everybody out there for the world is before you post anything. And this is my personal opinion. I'm sorry, I'm on my I'm on my my, my um what is it? What do you call it when you're I'm on my soapbox and everybody you can if you commute if you want, but when you post something, think is it adding value to people's life? What? Like period. If you especially you high schoolers out there and, and college students or, or young adults. Is it adding value to somebody's life? Because I mean, some people will be like, "Well, hey, this is my profile of a social media blah, blah, blah. But people are following. I me. do whatever I want to do. I, yeah. I post this. This is my account. <laughs> but I'm serious though. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, if it's not adding value to anybody's life, then why are you putting it in the world? Just keep that to yourself. You feel me? Exactly. <laughs> Just do that. Exactly. And then, especially for all the people that want to do that, but still want to start their own businesses, they want to be speakers, they want to do all this other stuff. But if your social media account doesn't reflect that, then a how are we how are people supposed to know and then b like what like why would i want to refer you like why would we want to interact exactly. i want to be around i want to be around like-minded positive people so and then another thing about that too Greg, is when it comes to your social media channel like if you're a business owner your consumers are going to what whatever you put out as like a, a business owner um they're all, they they can easily go to your social media channels and see if you're true to what's what you're saying. Mm. And and like even if you put it in a portfolio, like like look at look at your social media accounts as like your portfolio for for, for your personal brand. Mm. Does it does it does it get you in the door and does it get you to the table to get hired mm-hmm. to do to do work as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's that's real. Um, so shoot, if you had one tip that you would give to anybody out there um, that w- want to start wants to start their own business or want to make that leap, what is the biggest tip you would give them? Um, the biggest tip that I would give them it it, it comes from a, a great brother named Curtis Walls. He's a brother Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated and um, a recent alumni. And, and a graduate of North Carolina A&T. Curtis Law sat me down and he said, you have to have a why. As in, not why the letter, but why. W-H-Y. Why, why do you want to do what you're doing? Why is it important? Why will it attract people to believe in you to make things happen? A lot of people look at how much money can I make? With my business, and and it's it's very few of us that understand that my why is to make an impact and an influence 
over getting a lot of money. So if you stay true to your why and true to your purpose, your business will flourish. Mm. I'm not saying that your business will flourish as soon as you get it, because, I mean, Rome wasn't made overnight. Uh, Great Wall of China wasn't made overnight. But but your why allows you to do what Will Smith did. Will, Will Smith he said that him and his brother this built built a um, store for his father, and they did it brick by brick. They laid a brick like a day. They 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 worked on the project. So when you have your purpose, that's your bricks. You have to lay it out every day and understand that your why will will be progressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, will will help you make progress, and that your plan will ultimately come to fruition. So to anybody that wants to start a business. Have your why solidified and your why true to you. That's that's real. And and honestly, I think that can apply to anybody in life. Like if I meet a person and I'm talking to them and then I ask them, like, why are you living? Like, why are you here? Why are you on this earth? And they have no reason. That's scary to me. Like that mm-hmm. that's scary because you're, you've lived on this earth for 19, 20, 21, 25, 27 years. And you don't know why you're living. This is this is your life. Like nobody, you're not. You don't get a chance to transfer bodies. This ain't Call of Duty. When you die, you can just reincarnate and become somebody else. This is your life. So let's take some time. Take 15 minutes today and write down or think about why am I here? Because I guarantee for all you, if you're lost right now, if you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to find why am I here. If you just take that time to realize that and to kind of understand and come to grips of why you're here. Or and, and, and a lot of times I think it's it all boils down to and I, I saw this quote the other day. The world just wants us to be more of ourselves. Yeah. And it's it's just that simple. Like society, like you become where you need to be and who you need to be by just being your more of yourself. You don't have to put on a mask, you don't have to front, no, be more of yourself and, and go and do what you want to do. Like, um, I know you, uh, everybody's probably heard the Emily Christopher podcast right um, before this, and she says one thing that I think about every single day. And she says, Greg, I've come to the point in my life, I don't do what I don't want to do. And that doesn't mean, yeah. guys, that, don't, that doesn't mean everybody that if you don't like school, don't do it. I mean, it's, of course, you need to work. You need to do that. But just think about it, Travis. Like, what are some things right now that you just don't like? Because I thought about that. I was like, wow, there are some things for some people in my life that I just don't like or something I just don't want to do. So it's like, why are you doing it? <laughs> hey, man, that, that also, and, and as you were speaking, I took two things from it. People have to have confidence to do what they want to do. And have confidence to say no. Say no. That is not going to work. And they have to love themselves. People people have to love themselves first before they do anything like that, man. Cause cause if if they don't like them if they don't like themselves or love themselves or have that confidence, they will be a yes man. They won't understand how to say no. Mm. That's deep. That's deep. So. We're going to make a transition, Trav. I always do it on these interviews, but we about to go 0 to 100 real. No, actually, going to 100 to 0 real quick because I want you to tell us, if you don't know what you know today, what would you tell a Travis Jackson 10 years ago? I would laugh at Travis Jackson 10 <laughs> years ago, man, because uh, I used to think it was cool to be like everybody else, man. You know, 
The when 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 like, what? How old am I right now? Twenty twenty five. I'm twenty five. That means I would be fifteen. I would I would have prepared myself for everything that I was I was about to go through. I mean, of course, I didn't know. Um, I would tell myself to have more fun to kind of like calm down and and look at my environment. Mm-hmm. And um, my my fifteen year old self, I probably would have been more involved in like middle school and high school than I was. But I mean, now that I'm conscious, now that I'm aware, I'm I'm where I need to be. But but that Travis Jackson ten years ago, that boy was wild. That boy was crazy. That boy that boy had plants in his hair and <laughs> He he used to he used to he used to um he used to shop at Harold Penner, man. And I used to have like the Burberry suits and everything where you could get like two for two outfits for twenty five dollars. Yeah. And I, and I used to and, and then you had like the matching hat and everything like that with the uh with the starter with the starter shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh man. I remember that oh, day yeah. to, to this day, man. This day. Now we're gonna keep it similar in a similar vein. What type of legacy, at the end of the day, when Travis Jackson is dead and gone, do you want to leave behind? That's a very good question. Um, at the end of the day, I want people to say what they said about my grandfather that I lost in 2010. They said that my, my, my grandfather was a very, very great man. And... He did everything he could for people. And for that, he will always be remembered. Um, I have a I have a grandmother who was who wasn't educated for 50 years and she just turned 80. And when I say that her first class that she ever taught 50 years ago in kindergarten came to her 80th birthday party. And they said that my grandmother was the most powerful voice that they had in their lives because of who she was and what she stood for. Though that's the same legacy that I want to leave. I want people to say that because of me, they kept going. They were progressive and they reached their full potential. And 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 I I want to I want I, I want to leave a, a spirit in people. To know that whatever it is that you want to do in your life, you can do it. Don't 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 be scared to do it, but make it happen. That's that's the legacy that I want to leave, man. Man, that's powerful, man. I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that with us, man. So yeah, we're gonna go into the last round, and that is the rapid fire culture change round. Um, and I'm I got five questions for you, bro. And you just right. right off the dome. Let's let's knock it out, dog. All right. Okay. What is the best piece of advice that you ever received? Uh, be yourself. Boom. What is one of your personal <laughs> habits on, that could be attributed to your success? Um, consistency. Mm. What is your favorite book and why? Before the Mayflower, it opened my eyes to it opened my eyes up to what African Americans really went through. Um, and it taught me that we, the, the country and almost the world was built on our shoulders. 
So it so it showed me just how great and how powerful we really are as a people. Wow, I got to read that. It's, what is it called again? Before the Mayflower. Before the Mayflower. So, audience, the links to these to what we talked about and um, will be in the show notes, especially for this book. So y'all go out in there and order it. Um, what inspires you and keeps you motivated? My mother. Mm, simple. This is a deep one right here. Give me some gut. If you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing that you would do? I would invest more money into education because, as Nelson Mandela said, education is a is the most powerful weapon that we can use in order to get where we want to go. Great answer. Great answer, man. So that's the end of that round. And before we end, I always close it out with one big final question. And um, I'm a culture change agent. You're a social change agent. And this question revolves around that because it's very, very near and dear to me. And this is kind of why I do the show. If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? Perspective, man. (laughs) Perspective. We have to get out of the notion that everything is a race war. We have to get out the notion that um, we aren't as great as people think we are. Or let me say this reverse. Let me reverse that. We have to understand that we are greater than what people may depict us to be. And we have to stop being a, a crab in a barrel society that when, when, when every black person gets up in the world, we want to tear them down. Mm-hmm. Let's start investing in each other. Let's start supporting black businesses. Let's start being a voice for more than just tragedy. Let's be a let's be a voice that comes together in unison for positive things, you know. Um, and it's just like the perspective. You, your slavery used to be something that was was physical, but now slavery is something that is mental, and 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 our community is enslaved right now. So it's going to take the works of individuals like myself, Greg, Emily, Christopher. And those who represent the talented tenth of the African American community to open our people's minds up. See, that's why we're doing the show because I just want to showcase, and God has put it on my heart to showcase people that are doing amazing things because we're all about bringing each other up. The Chinese people do it, the Europeans yeah. people do it, everybody else do it, every other culture does it. But not to say we don't, because there's a lot of other people, that, a lot of people in our society. Let's not get it twisted. There's a lot of other people support each other, and we do that. But in a whole, we have so much potential yes. to really, really change the world with with our minds. Because we 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 made the majority of us made the world. So, um, yeah. I, so let's tap into it. Let's, let's tap into that potential and bring. I think while I said, uh, potential is like saying that you almost made it or you haven't really achieve what you need to achieve so let's take our potential and make it into reality when it, when this airs ferguson thing will have died down but we got to realize what we do on an everyday basis what we say to te- what do we say to each other on an everyday basis what we think about each other on an everyday basis all comes into fruition and, and plays a part in things like the ferguson case it all yep. does. It all it all comes back full circle because much deeper than just a white man or a white cop killing it does. A, a person. It's deeper than that. It goes. It it, it 
kind of goes to education, man. Yeah. <laughs> for, for because if if white people educated themselves on our struggle and understand where we were coming from, and we understood that, and we understood like our rights and everything like that, because a lot of things would be better if people took the time out to educate themselves on matters. Travis, man, it's been a powerful, a powerful. 45 minutes like 45 minutes 50 minutes it's been i i thank you for your time thank you for for thank coming you. on the show um and i can't like yeah thank you for the bottom of my heart from the boot from the from the fans fart and for everybody else for for giving us your time bro you're welcome man and continue doing what you're doing man you are you are a great depiction of what an african-american male should be yeah man so before we wrap it up we end it how can people reach Travis Jackson or find out more about HBCU Pride Nation? So our website is www.hbcupridenation.com and HBCU Pride Nation for Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And can, they, can people reach like, you via email? How can they reach you via email? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. HBCU Pride Nation at gmail.com. Like I said, it's been a pleasure, bro. And we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to this show. Special shout out, special thank you to Travis Jackson and HBCU Pride Nation. Show them some love. Visit their website. Visit their Instagram. Support that brother. Support the mission. Um, Thank you for tuning in. And if you have any questions, if you want any information, if you want to be on the show, make sure you visit www.greggyhill.com. And as always, do not forget to change the culture.